Hey guys, welcome back to the Shintaro Higashi Show with Peter Yu. Today we're going to talk a little bit about wrestling, the different styles, wrestling for kids, wrestling for adults. Uh, is it helpful for judo? Is it helpful for jiu-jitsu? I have some experience. Well, actually, I have a lot of experience right. wrestling in high school and college, and then I wrestled for a little while after that too. So I have almost 15 years of wrestling under my belt. Uh, I haven't wrestled in a recent last couple of years, but still, it's like it's very embedded in my judo style and all my mm-hmm. training. So... Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so as you guys, uh, as Shitaro said, he has a lot of experience. And I've also wrestled in high schools, which uh, kind of gave me a, a foundation, good foundation on my grappling. Yeah. And uh, in the United States, wrestling is vastly more popular than uh, any other grappling yeah. arts because it's embedded into the school system. Yeah. So a lot of, peop- a lot of people coming into judo and jiu-jitsu already yeah. have a lot of times have wrestling uh, experience. So yep. how can we translate that into judo or jiu-jitsu in a, yeah. you know, effective way? Maybe they're way. just straight-up wrestlers listening to this right. podcast too, right? Yeah, that's right. Which is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's kind of start with uh, some background knowledge of wrestling. So there are different styles of wrestling. Yes, yes. So what, what are they? What, what do we have? So we got international style wrestling, which is... right divided into the two major sort of categories, which is Greco-Roman wrestling and freestyle wrestling. Right. What's right? The, Those are the two yeah. major ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Greco-Roman, you can't touch the legs, right? So you can't do trips. You can't grab the legs. You can't do anything. It's all upper body throws. Right. A lot of right? suplex, a lot of b- locks, like body locks. Yeah, body locks, locks throws, Ipan yeah. Sayanagi, all that stuff. The arm right. throws, like it's very, very intense. I think it's one of the most underrated grappling martial arts on this planet. Mm-hmm. I think it's highly, highly, highly applicable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the most misleading thing about Greco is when you watch two high-level guys competing over an inch, you know, where the elbow position is or right. something like that. It's just not appealing, right? People want to see people get launched. Right, right. Uh, when you have two really, really good guys who are good offensively and defensively, you don't see it that often. Right. Right? So, you know, people want to see the movement. People want to see the action. Mm-hmm. So, it's hard to, for people to follow. I think it's... You know, hard for people to develop a fan base like some right. of the other style of grappling, right? Right, that we're we're sort of used to. Mm-hmm. So that's Greco-Roman wrestling. Now you have freestyle wrestling, which is a uh, all-inclusive, like you grab the legs, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a very, very. It's also in the Olympics. So in the Olympics, you got freestyle and Greco. Freestyle is the one that you can shoot. Yeah, you can shoot legs, on the legs. Yeah, legs. You can do an ankle yeah. lace, all this stuff. Right. Yeah. So nice. So and then in America. We have a, like a variation on the freestyle, right? The yeah, so you have collegiate, collegiate style or yeah. some people call it scholastic style wrestling, which is the wrestling that you see in high school and college. Right, right. right. And even from high school and college, a couple of different rule changes happen. But I think it was genius to change the rule sets from international style wrestling to make it a little bit safer. I heard like the insurance companies are involved. It was very uninsurable with people suplexing each other and right. put cranking on the neck, you know, like you do in freestyle and Greco. So they reward the point systems a little bit different. Right. right? Freestyle and Greco, you get five points for big upside down, feet to floor, feet to back situations, right? Mm-hmm. And you get rewarded for these big, right. big throws. In collegiate wrestling, you don't. Right. It's Even a- if you throw someone to the back, unless you get back points, right? It's only two points, right? Right, they, right. right? It, it, that's granted if you cover the hips and everything. Right. Two so point, yeah. scholastic wrestling is a little bit different. That's what we're all used to seeing. 
Right. right here, and then they usually translate. I guess they when they make it to the Olympic level, they usually go for freestyle. I guess a lot of yes. times. Yes. So yeah. most kids, they if their first exposure to wrestling is scholastic style, they middle school, high school program, you know, right. gym class or something, and then they join a wrestling team, and then they do that through college if they're successful, and then after they're done with that, a lot of the times they have to learn this new style of wrestling. Some right. people do it together, right? During the off season, they compete in freestyle tournaments, but they're not doing freestyle wrestling around the clock right, all year right, round. Right. I mean, some people do, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, generally speaking. Right. So, so like yeah. we said, like I said, uh, uh, wrestling is embedded into the uh, school system in the United States. So, yeah. how, like, let's kind of talk about how kids start doing it. I know, like, in the Midwest where it's very popular, like, if parents will you know, drag their kids to wrestling clubs and whatnot. Yeah. So, like, what do you know about that? How did you start wrestling? Yeah. So kids usually just, you know, local wrestling club or right. something like that. Like, if the high school, the local area has, like, a high school program that's tough, you have yeah. the coach running, like, a peewee program or something like this. Right. And then some of the athletes who are good in the high school level, they go down to the middle school or the elementary school and right. they help out with these clubs. So right. that's generally how it starts, or somebody who was a champion starts a wrestling club, like a private mm-hmm. club. But a lot of the times, uh, it's affiliated with the school systems, which makes it a very popular thing to mm-hmm. do, right? Because right. the cost is so low. Especially right. if you could, there's a lot of schools that are operating, not at the private level, but on like the public level, right? Uh, there's so many opportunities, it brings the costs down. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not like you're trying to go to a private jiu-jitsu club, which is right. more commercial, right? right? It's similarly to Japan. To do mm-hmm. judo in Japan, right? You go through the school systems. So because there's so many options, people can't really charge these big, outrageous monthly fees. Right. And it's supported right. by the whole, you know, tax system and whatnot. Yes. Right? yes like the public yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. The public school systems. Yeah. And, you know, there was a wrestling initiative called uh, Beat the Streets in New York City that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. Right. This guy, Mike Novogratz, who had deep pockets, he was a big, big wrestler uh, and a philanthropist. And he started a, a program. Uh, I think it was like 100 after school wrestling programs and he funded everything and mm-hmm. he bought mats for the kids and you know he hired all the college level coaches uh athletes and i was one of those guys right mm-hmm. so i would go to like a middle school and teach wrestling so yeah it's very interesting and lots of kids going into it and then you have a lot of kids going into it then right you're gonna right produce world-class yeah, world yeah. class athletes and then because you get the best kids who right. are doing it longer and then now all of a sudden you're sort of a force on the international right. circuit right so that's yeah. how kids start and whatnot. So, and then I guess, do you see those wrestling kids coming into judo? And I guess you, that's why you did in a way. Well, you're I did. I didn't go one. from wrestling to judo. I did from judo to wrestling. Right. I remember right. in like eighth grade, I was exposed to it during gym class. Mm. And then my coach at the time, my gym teacher at the time, he was like, hey man, you got to try this uh, thing out. I heard you do a little judo. Mm-hmm. And then I was pretty good in the class. Right. And then... They did like a little mini seminar, like a recruiting seminar sort of a situation where they had mm. all the high school wrestlers coming in and then all the middle school kids who were interested Just in it would right. do well in the, the gym class would go to this thing. Right, right. Right. And then you know, they showed us a couple moves and then they said, okay, let's just go live. They call mm. it live, right? And then I went in and I did really well and <laughs> like, all right, you were wrestling. And yeah. I actually I told them, no, I'm playing basketball. <laughs> nice, right? nice. Well, that didn't you, happen. 
you're a big fan of basketball. Yeah, yeah. I used to love basketball when I was a, right. a middle school kid. And I was right. like, oh, man, I was pretty certain I was going to go to the NBA. But then I started growing <laughs> at the right height of 5'9", and that was it. You know? so, <laughs> I see. Yeah. So that, but we, I remember like we get kids around like a local, from local high school, middle school who are a part of the wrestling team coming into KBI or not. So yeah. that certainly yeah. helped. There's definitely a crossover. Yeah. Right? Uh, and there's judo, wrestling, BJJ are th- probably the three most common grappling types in the United right. States now. Right. Right. I'm sure I'm going to get some messages about that. <laughs> so yeah. it's natural for a little bit of cross-pollination. For me, yeah. during the wrestling season, mm-hmm. right, when I was in high school, especially uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, during the wrestling season, I would go to wrestling practice. Mm-hmm. And then my mom would pick me up and take me to judo practice. Right. So it would be up. sort yeah. of a doubleheader situation. Right. A lot of the times on Tuesday, Thursdays, I would go to the New York Athletic Club and wrestle there. Right. During the right. season, you know, with the competition schedule, it was tough to do. But during the off season, mm-hmm. I would do Tuesday, Thursday wrestling, and then mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday judo. Right. Right. So there was a lot of cross-pollination there. Right. Cross-pollination. So frustrating. Frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So when, when you have those kids in, at your own dojo, like, do you, do you teach them different things as, uh, you know, you know, to help them with their wrestling? Um, or do you kind of just stick to judo? Depends. You know, I try to adopt like a sort of a differentiated instruction situation. Right. right. I don't try to just teach judo, basic judo to the middle or just mm. to everybody. Right. Sometimes like this person has certain needs. This person has certain whatever it is. Right. We have a lot of jujitsu guys in the room now who want to mm-hmm. learn useful judo for BJJ. Right. And that person doesn't need to learn Taitoshi right off the bat. Right. You know what I mean? If the person's wrestling, it's like, okay. That's, you know, gi heavy takedowns might not be very heavy, uh, useful for them. Right. So right. like throwing off the front headlock with an Osoto or something like right. that, you know, or right. how do you close the distance? You shoot in on a low double, climb up the body. And now you have a body lock and then you're trying to throw from there. Right. Mm. So classic upper body wrestling stuff that mm. has sort of a judo ish feel to it, mm. you know, and there's some things judo does really well, like foot sweeps. Right. Right. So shooting a double climb up the body lock and then you're trying to cut the corner to go behind then you attack the foot sweep right a lot of wrestlers might not see that right right because right. judo sort of specializes in that kind of a movement mm-hmm. you know so i try to show a little bit of that a little bit of this and then i try to have this open conversation and dialogue with a lot of these wrestler types that come into the dojo so a lot of foot sweeps and then maybe a lot of uh moves that could be applicable to greco-roman potentially way, yeah not so much greco-roman i mean Greco's Greco and judo can't right. really help Greco so much because a lot of what you do in <clears throat> judo, you can't do in Greco, right? Right. Like Osotogari, can't do yeah. it. You can't oh, do right. outside trip, inside trip, right. right? All the upper body st- throws have been refined. So I think judo has more to learn from Greco than Greco does from judo. Mm, right? I it's see. like, look at this loop choke that I do in judo. A Greco got to be like, first of all, I don't wear a jacket. Second of all, you can't choke. Right. Okay, what about, you know, this uh, inside trip? It's like, can't, you can't touch the legs, mm. right? So that's a highly specialized thing of mm. upper body throws, right, in a closer range than judo. Mm-hmm. So judo can borrow from that, definitely. Right, right, right. right. But there's not much Greco can borrow from judo. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned like um, the parterre position where now with the rule change judo with judo, if one person goes down, it's yeah. still tachiwaza. So you can use the parterre techniques to flip yeah. people over. That kind yes, of thing. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's you know a lot of our listeners might not understand that, so probably yeah. good to describe a little bit of that. Right. So right. you're talking parterre is freestyle and Greco, right? right? Top bottom position. Right. 
um, top bottom position in scholastic wrestling is very, very, very different. Mm-hmm. And that's usually where the difference comes in, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest difference. Right. So in scholastic wrestling, you have to put them to their back and hold them there to get points. Right. Freestyle and Greco, all you have to do is gain back exposure. Just, Just a little flip bit. flip them. Yeah. yeah, flip them. Boom, boom, back and forth. You get points right away. Right. Scholastic, you can't lock your hands around the body when you're in uh, top-bottom right. position. Mm. Freestyle and Greco, you can. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're on top in parterre, parterre refers to freestyle and Greco, mm. you could be on top position, lock your hands, pick them up, and dump them on his head. Right. Gain back exposure, you get points. Mm-hmm. Scholastic, that's illegal. Right. You can't lock right? hands. Yeah. Can't lock hands. Yeah. So naturally, you get a lot of lifting off the ground, picking up, and then throwing in Greco and freestyle, mm-hmm. which you don't really get that in scholastic wrestling. Because mm-hmm. if you're on top, the person's on bottom, the person gets up, you grab, lock him around the body. Now you're standing, you return him to the ground, you don't get points for that. Right. Because right? the person is already on the bottom position. Yes, you don't get, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So when you're doing judo and the opponent misses a throw and they're on the bottom position, the top person can lift them up off the ground and throw them now. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a that's a big, big uh, rule change that judo can definitely borrow from Greco and freestyle. But we uh, in judo, you can't, you still can't lock hands, right? You can. Oh, you can. Okay. I mean, you can't or lock like hands you, behind the back when you shoot in on a body lock situation. Like a bear But, you know, situation. I was watching yeah. the world and somebody did that. Oh, yeah. A Mongolian a guy did it, connected <laughs> hands and dumped them. So I guess maybe they changed the rules. I'm not like a rule freak. Right, I'm like right. Constantly, you know, and if, if my entire job was coaching people in these right. settings and producing athletes at that level and making sure that they compete at the highest, then I have to really be in tune right. with the rules. But right. that's not my goal. My goal right. is to teach judo, teach grapplers, make judo fun, spread judo, all this stuff. Mm. So, you know, I try not to focus on a little bit of that. I see. Right. All right, so that's how that's how we te- how you would approach teaching judo uh, to wrestlers who've kind of who've been doing it since they were kids. Yeah. So, but now they're because, uh, like you said, wrestling is one of the most popular grappling uh, sports in the states. A lot of times, adults who have never done uh, grappling want to learn wrestling, like integrate wrestling into your uh, their system yeah. and whatnot. So. Um, how do, what, what do you think, uh, people do to learn as adults, uh, wrestling? I think most people who have wrestling exposure now mm-hmm. are going into the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world and then, right. oh man, I need to learn how to do a single leg or I need to learn, learn right. how to do a double leg. And that's sort of bringing the attention onto wrestling again. Right. Right. At, at the people who are at the demographic of thirties, forties, and fifties, mm. right. Those guys. Cause you know, I did like a little bit of market research on the the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu average practitioner, and it's like 30s blue belt, right? Mm-hmm. Male is kind of mm-hmm. like the average person, right? That's right. Uh, sort of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, and they have very very different lives. And you know, the seven year old living in the Midwest that's joined a Pee Wee wrestling program, or even right. it doesn't have to be Midwest, it could be Jersey or PA, right? Very right. strong wrestling states. Right, right. <laughs> so you know. It's very, very different, and I think wrestling for adults is very hard if you haven't done it. Done it, yeah. And the reason being, when you're shooting in on the legs, naturally you want to defend your legs, which means you hinge at the waist and you bend by the knees. So Mm. it puts you in this position where it puts a lot of stress on your lower back. Right. Right. And then the constant, you know, so judo, you have grip fighting. 
That's right. when you have hand fighting. Right. And the goal is to take the person out of their stance. And the way you right. do that is pulling their head down. Yeah, that's pulling that their head down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it stresses the lower back, pushing yeah. the head, pulling the head, pushing the head, pulling the head, hand inside position, fighting for hands, right? So if you're sitting in an office job when you already have tight hamstrings and shortened mm. hip flexor muscles and you already kind of have like back achy things going on, right? And you spend all day looking down on your phone and your neck is in this compromised position. And now all of a sudden you're putting pressure down and then someone shoots in on the legs and sprawls on you. You're going to get back problems. Right, right. right? So it's not an easy sport to just kind of limp into. Right. You know so, what I mean? So how do you, how should adults uh, with no wrestling experience approach it? Like they need to learn it at some point with some kind of takedown if you're doing BJJ. You know, and joining then, a wrestling club, right, mm -hmm. may be an option. But right. this is the thing. There's not that many exactly. commercial wrestling clubs. Not, especially not many for adults. You could find them. Yeah. 100%. Like I know people who run wrestling clubs, mm -hmm. right? But it's not as prevalent as like, let's say, a jiu-jitsu school. Right, and then, are they a lot of times are they even geared towards uh, beginners? Like, do they teach beginners, or is it more for wrestlers who are kind of retired but they still want to do it? You see, that's yeah. I've never seen a, a wrestling private club that I walked in there and it's like mm. all retired wrestlers, ex wrestlers, and things like that. I've never seen that before. Mm. I've never seen that before. So I feel like. Oh, this is a feel thing, right? This yeah. is not a scientifically based Anecdo situation. Anecdote. Yeah, this is just my yeah. anecdotal yeah. situation, right? A lot of these wrestling clubs, the private clubs, are geared towards coaching kids and teaching kids privately in their off-season. Mm -hmm. So the counties happen, the states happen, wrestling season ends in March. It's like, all right, April all the way to November. Okay, right. that's, that's the prime time, right? That's when we're going to run these programs. And then sort of during the in-season time when high schools are doing mm. actual right wrestling competitions, they kind of sort of scale it back a little bit and then have right. you know, less practices, things like that. Right. You know, but I've heard, I've heard of private wrestling clubs that have 100 kids, 200 kids. Mm. And I've heard of them, right? And then sometimes you'll get like an ex-wrestler coming in and wrestling. But, you know, it, it's tough to be in that setting, I think, especially if you've never wrestled before. Yeah. Who's going to want to work out with you? These right. kids are on a mission, right? They're like, oh, I want to make it to States. I'm going to right. wrestle, right? They're, you're scrapping. And then now all of a sudden, the next guy in the room, you know, 24 years old, right? Graduated college, just wants to get a workout in. Extra, he's grappling. It's like, I've never wrestled before. I do a little BJJ. Like, I'm going to come in and learn, right. you know, a double leg takedown. And kids are picking him up and slamming him. <laughs> it's not easy. Right. I do think, right, if you are doing judo in a private sort of a club, mm like mine and if you have someone with wrestling experience asking them and then doing privates or something or you know mm -hmm. having them teach some wrestling in the class i think that is the best way into right. learning wrestling and i think a lot of bjj schools are doing this some of the best bjj schools are bringing in wrestlers bringing in judo guys and then right. cross training and i think that's kind of the future because right. with this information sharing time period it's like everyone's realizing oh man there's a lot of stuff in judo that i could use in jujitsu a lot of stuff in wrestling that i could use in judo mm -hmm. right and then vice versa so the ju private judo schools or bjj schools are more you know more open for uh, adult beginners to learn wrestling and share knowledge yeah, I mean, judo and jiu-jitsu, yes, because it's designed to bring in new members, right? That's mm -hmm. what it's about. You have to bring in new members. You have to promote them to yellow belt, and then hopefully right. they stick it through the pipeline, and then you develop in black belts, mm -hmm. right? That's really the thing. Right. You know, it's also a business, right? Right. Of course, 
depending on where you are, who you are, what your business model is, right? You are, we mostly focus on kids, right? That's mm-hmm. definitely not going to be geared toward the wrestler that wants to do judo or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, we tried to keep a healthy 50-50, but right now, you know, KBI, because of the pandemic and everything, it's like it's like 90% adults. Mm-hmm. Right, the kids right. program is dead right now. Right, right. Right? So it's perfect if you want to <laughs> learn how to, right? Right, yeah. As an yeah, adult. And having an instructor that knows both styles is always really right. Important. I can't stress that enough. You know, like one yeah, of the you... most important things that can be used in wrestling that can be used on the the street may mm. not be useful in judo period. Right, right. For instance, the spiral ride. Do you know the spiral ride? Spiral no. ride. Hard to say for an Asian person. Spiral <laughs> ride. <laughs> so it's like, well, the person's trying to stand up. Uh, of course, in freestyling Greco, no one's going to try to stand up from bottom position. Right, because they go get lost. Yeah. yeah. On Scholastic, you try to stand up. Uh-huh. So the top person, you know, goes to the near side armpit, uh-huh. drives the weight forward onto the hands, and uh-huh. then the backside hand drops into the pocket of the inner thigh, and then they spiral the person down to their hip. Oh, spi- okay, yeah. Yeah, so then you yeah, drive your weight forward, so you bring your opponent's weight onto their hands, so make, it makes it very difficult for them to bring stand their body up, upright yeah, and yeah. stand up. Right. Right. So that's great because if you take someone down on the street, right, uh, their first instinct is to get back up to their feet. Right. They're not going to try to pull guard. They're not mm. just going to lock down tight. They're not going to flatten out like they do in freestyle and Greco. <laughs> They're going to yeah. try to get up to their feet. Right. So how do you keep them there in the first place? Spiral ride. Yeah. Amazing. Right. So like that's something that a lot of my athletes would have zero use for in judo. Because if you're own, in bottom position, not you're not going to be based up. out yeah. on your arms because you're going to get on board. Right. Right. And if you're basing down on your arms, your neck is exposed. You're not going to stand up because you're going to get thrown backwards. Mm. So this this will never happen. It's absolutely useless in judo. But a majority of my guys are coming in. They're like, you know, I want to also learn how to defend myself. If right. I take someone down on the street and if they don't know this stuff at all, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to take someone down. They're going to expect someone to pull guard. They're not going to pull guard. <laughs> no one's going to pull guard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we need a... to teach him a spiral ride. I see. So I'm going to actually, might, I was going to teach it today, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because you know what? We were, we were talking last night, right? And you were like, maybe we'll do an episode on wrestling. I was uh-huh. like, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about wrestling. And then I was like, oh, man, I got to teach a spiral ride at the dojo today. <laughs> nice. I'll, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll check in on you. Well, how yeah. it went. So Khabib does something like that, too. He Khabib, yeah, he he does a body lock, a high body lock, and then he drives the shoulder forward to bring the right. person's weight onto the hands. And then he like wraps his legs around the other uh, opponent's That's a right legs. Different it's position like, though. Yeah, that is yeah. true because it's yeah they're facing each other. We're talking turtle top bottom. Right, right. Yeah. So so that that's a good segue to like how we, we like you said the rule sets are very different from judo to wrestling to BJJ. So you need you need to be smart about integrating like borrowing yeah. stuff from wrestling to uh judo or bjj for your yeah. own you know the right purpose so yeah. how um how do you approach that like uh, what will be like a general maybe idea to you know in bringing those wrestling techniques into your game or how yeah so this is the way i approach it for a very right. long time right when I'm doing judo, I'm doing judo. I'm doing mm. when I'm doing wrestling, I'm wrestling. Right. Right. And then I'm learning wrestling. And the more I learn wrestling, even though I have a judo, a much more 
heavier judo background, mm. the more I learn, the more I realize, okay, what can I integrate from my judo into wrestling that is useful? Right. So I go reverse of that. Reverse, right? Mm. So I'm a judo specialist, right? Judo is my main thing. And now I'm cross-training in wrestling in high school and college, right? But I'm learning wrestling for the sake of wrestling. Right. But the more I learn, the more I think I could bring judo into my wrestling. So mm. now when I'm wrestling in competition, of course, I'm drilling all this stuff and trying to make myself do this stuff, right? I'm exposing a lot of these athletes that I'm competing against to judo stuff that they've never been exposed to in the wrestling room. Mm-hmm. So that leads to a little bit of success there, which gives me a little bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. I see. And now I'm gaining steam as a wrestler. And the more I do that, the more the better at wrestling I get. And now I'm taking elements of that and then infuse it into my judo style. So back in the day, when I used to be able to shoot it on the legs in judo, it was a very, very nice crossover. Mm-hmm. And the way I implemented my leg grabs was when I would get out gripped, mm-hmm. I would shoot it on the legs. Right, right. Because dominant position, right versus right, a lot of times is high grip, control the posture, right? And you're oh, in the, re- yeah, yeah. wrestling Ducking position. Ducking down and yeah. shooting on the legs and escape that position. I use it almost like a bailout attack. Right, right. You know? And of course, I wasn't really like refined back then like I yeah. am now in terms of like, uh, you know, I was still young and I was still figuring a lot of this stuff out. Mm. And the beauty of everybody now who's getting into this stuff is you can go on YouTube and learn all this stuff. Right, right. You know what I mean? I have to like sit through a video cassette tape with John Smith teaching the low single, like fast forwarding and rewinding. <laughs> and then like, that's all I had. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like an online marketplace where I could just buy this stuff. Right. You know, like somebody had it. I borrowed it, didn't return it. And now <laughs> like, you're watching this thing and I'm trying to do low singles, uh-huh. you know, and it had zero carryover to my judo style. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of issues with that, you know, mm. I not see. I'm not trying to make excuses or anything like that. Right. But now, like you could see all this stuff and all right. the information's out there on YouTube and you could consume it and then you could see how it can integrate with your own system. Right. But you have to be a specialist in one already and you have to kind of have a developed system already to be able to incorporate some of this stuff because they have to work together. Right. So right. that's a good point. You, you yeah. can't you can't just go and r- learn wrestling or judo or BJJ for that matter saying, oh, I'm going to just le- pick and choose, try to pick and choose whatever is good and then try to integrate into my own game rather it has to that that's like the result of you actually immersing yourself into that particular art and then you because you gain deep knowledge you can see how the fuse can happen for yourself yeah yeah i'll give you an example yeah you're a bjj guy that does delahiva guard from bottom right you're just amazing at it delahiva and spider that's what you do yeah now all of a sudden you go into wrestling and you learn how to do a blast double Mm mm-hmm Okay, but you have no top position. Every time you're on top, you get swept. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you're, every time you're on top, you get submitted. You know, it's mm-hmm. so, okay. So now that doesn't really integrate well, right? It doesn't really connect yet, mm-hmm. yet, right? But right. eventually it will start to connect because you're going to have to develop a top game. And then, you know, you blast double takedown and pass the guard. Now you have top game, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you can't take the person down, now you could sort of go Tomonage and then go into the Alhiva guard. Right, right. Oh, shoot, I don't have a Tomonage. I'm going to go to Judo and learn that. Mm. You go to a judo class and they teach you harai. This is the the best turn throw ever. It's like, okay, but that's not useful for me. Right. I want to learn a tomonage. Right? Right. So now all of a sudden you have, right? So you have a coach that teaches you tomonage, right? Mm -hmm. So blast double, blast double, right? Of course, guillotine exposure, yes, but you've already mastered this. Yeah. Right? And you've overcome that and you learn how not to get guillotine when you, that's why blast double, Mm -hmm. right? 
can't do the blast double, Tomonage, Del Hiva. Now you have a well-rounded system from standing to the floor, everything. It goes mm. together. I fake Tomonage. I just go for a leg pick, snap down. Tomonage again. I'm doing Del Hiva. I sweep. I have top position. I'm good at top position now because mm. I can go double and take down and pass guard now. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I've developed that. Right. And, you know, it helps if you have a coach that already knows all three things. Yeah. And eventually we're going to get there. There isn't, there's going to be a new crop, a new generation of athletes and grapplers who wrestled in high school and college, yeah. like me, mm-hmm. right? They did judo their whole life. They did BJJ their whole life. They're double black belts. And there's people mm-hmm. like that out there. Like, right. I don't know if you know this guy, Shannon. He was a KBI guy for years. Yeah, yeah. He was a Division One wrestler. Mm-hmm. Came to the dojo. He's a judo black belt. He moved away. Mm-hmm. You know, He got into CrossFit and BJJ. He's mm-hmm. in unbelievable shape. He's a BJJ black belt. I think he won like 67 matches in a row or something crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah. He always, in the black belt level. Yeah, he was great. He always comments on your videos. Yeah, yeah, love Shannon. Love yeah. Shannon. He's great. You know, he's yeah. one of my heroes. You know what I mean? So <laughs> nice. like that guy. Yeah. Right? But you know, you get that guy coaching. He right? knows them all. Gonna, yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Maybe he should open Padosha. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. But then more and more, you're gonna get people like that. Right. And the newer generation has access to all this stuff on YouTube. Right. Right. So now they're gonna be able to put together their own thing, put together their own style. Very exciting future for grapplers, I think. Yeah. All this yeah. like cross training, cross pollination, yeah. like you said, happening. But wrestling, yeah. man, I got to tell you, wrestling, we didn't really talk about wrestling. We're always kind of yeah. like flipping <laughs> it back to judo and jiu jitsu. But the truth of the matter is, the number of people doing it make it very competitive. Yeah. You go I mean, to any local yeah. wrestling tournament and have 35, 36 kids in a bracket. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, if you're wrestling in your local high school and just to even get the states, get the nationals, mm-hmm. right? For us, it was like you have to take top four in district. Then you have to take like counties, you know, and yeah. yeah. Then you have to win sections. It was yeah. like district sections, right? And then you win sectionals. Then you go to states. Mm-hmm. And back when I was wrestling, they didn't have big school, small school. Everyone together in New York states. Oh, okay. So it was one big, massive division. Ah, uh. right. So you had the 13 sections, and then you had the Catholic school, state yeah. champs, and then the New York City yeah. champion, and then the section one, section two, section three champs, all wrestling. Yeah. Right? And now if you place top four there, you could wrestle at the U.S. Nationals. Man. And you get four kids from every state. Right? So the hoops you have to jump through to even get there right. was like insane. Mm-hmm. Right, it's super competitive. It's like doing judo in Japan. That's right. that's really what I equated to. It is, yeah, it is really yeah. like that. Yeah, and it, it and they make they build these kids tough because the collegiate style wrestling is designed to keep it safe, first of all, yeah. and then it's made so that you get dragged into these long matches. Freestyle right. wrestler, it's like boom, throw them five points, right? right. Rotate, 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 done. And then you can, yeah, you tech can fall, tech, tech points, fall, right? Yeah. Done. Collegiate wrestling, you have to win by 15. Right. right. Win by 15, and you can't do those five-point throws so easily. Because you got to torque them and, you know. You got to throw them um, and then keep them there for right. a count. Right? Yeah. I don't know exactly what the rules are now, but it's not easy. And even with a takedown, a takedown is two points, mm-hmm. right? They escape, you get one, one point. One point, yeah. So I take the person down, and then he gets up and goes, right? I generally want to keep him there to turn him, right? Person gets out. I only have a one-point lead. Right. Right. Right? So in college, it's a seven-minute match. Oh, so there's gosh. There's seven minutes of someone 
constantly pulling your head down. You're just shooting in on the legs. They're sprawling, shooting the legs, sprawling. So the way these guys train, they really, really emphasize endurance. Right, right. Em- endurance, endurance, endurance. So the training in the wrestling room is like lots of grass drills, lots of shooting, lots of wrestling, of course. After practice, like hit the stairs. You're doing like sets yeah. of 10 stairs, come back, push-ups, sprints, wrestle, hand fighting, right? So like that kind of mentality really breeds like these tough, tough, tough mm-hmm. kids, right? And I, judo could borrow from that too. Yeah. You know, they do this in Japan for mm-hmm. judo, right? But the private gyms can't really train their athletes like that. Right. Because you have a 6 to 7 p.m. slot, a 7 to 8 p.m. slot. Everyone has to get up and go to work the next day. Mm-hmm. College wrestlers, That's, right? a lot of those guys yeah. who are on scholarship, it's like, hey, we pay for your school. You're here. This is your thing. This is your dream. You wrestled your whole life. Right. This is your priority, right? School, you know, depends on what school you go to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think, I, I've also heard that, you know, that's like the reputation of American wrestlers around the world too. When they go to the Olympics, they're just like, you know, tough, you know, in yeah. great endurance. Cause I, I heard, you know, other countries like Russia, for example, they, they don't really train in that way. They focus more on like the techniques and the big throws and whatnot. Yeah, they, it's true. And it isn't, you know, are yeah. they in good shape? Yes, they are. Yeah, of course. But the yeah. thing is like, you don't need to be in as good of a shape to do freestyle and Greco as you do in scholastic. scholastic right yeah because just the nature of like the point system if right. i'm on bottom my intention is to stand back up and get mm. back up right right if you're on top the point is to not let the person stand up. So i have to keep him down and then turn him with control to get back points yeah or pin right yeah yeah so there's obviously a big conflicting thing there there's right a dilemma right i right. want to stand up you want to keep me down i want to stand up that's very exhausting right right Freestyle and Greco, we're parterre. If there's no action, they say, okay, back to your feet. Kind of like judo. Mm. So you could, I mean, you can't rest down there, but it's not like as active, physically intensive yeah. and active as yeah. like a scholastic wrestling top-bottom situation. Right, right. Right? So, so that's, yeah, that the, the rule set changed. So you, uh, how, do you even think that, I mean, you mentioned that like it's hard to integrate that kind of endurance training into private gyms, but... Do you, you can, you know, people like how work do you hard. do that? Yeah. So the way I like to sort of frame it is like, hey, you're here to learn judo. Right. Right. If you want to get in crazy shape and if you want to do all the endurance stuff and lifting and running mm-hmm. and all that, so that's on your time. Mm-hmm. Right. If you came in here, yes, we could do some judo and then run stairs and do sprints and do push ups the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's not really what you're paying for. Right. You're right. Here, coming here to learn judo. Right. Train right. judo. So if you want to supplement that with, intense cardio mm-hmm. or high intensity interval training like you, you got to do that on your own time right 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 so that's kind of the way and then you know some people do right mm-hmm. and then if you're a competitor uh, i sort of almost expect them right. to be doing that right and then you know and some people have better endurance some people don't and then it also depends on your judo style right you know because you have guys that just kind of lull you to bed and lull you to sleep and then like boom they they whip mm-hmm. it you know right yeah right right so like Oshima. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was thinking just that. Yeah. I'm I don't really have great endurance either. So I'm more of a you know, I try to finish as quickly as possible. And, you know, it's efficiency yeah. too, right? <clears throat> if you're fighting in good position the whole time, then right. you don't have to burn as much energy. Right. I, right? It's like uh, you know, a great boxer is throwing their hands out there, but they're not throwing hard punches every single punch. Right. They're landing Same thing good ones. Yeah. 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 And the thing is like 
you could be in way better shape than me and if you're wrestling and then you take two bad shots and I'm sprawling on top of you and I have my weight on you, I have my weight on you, right. I fight out of that front headlock two or three times, now you spent so much more energy than I did, mm-hmm. okay? And now all of a sudden I take a shot and I take it down and it's clean, now I'm on top and then he has to get back up to his feet and all I'm doing is driving my weight forward and he's carrying my weight the whole time. Right. You know, two minutes goes by, he's tired, I'm not, mm. right? Even though the kid could run, you know, circles around me in a sprint or a right. run or whatever it is right and then mm. people will look at that and be like oh shintaro's in great shape it's like actually no i'm not in good shape but right it's I'm a more management my, yeah techniques yeah. yeah yeah energy management efficiency all that stuff really matters and that comes with you know with any art just a lot of practice and time on the mat i yeah. guess yeah you have to yeah. try to think it that way yeah. uh, wrestling's great man there's yeah. a real tough aspect to it and then uh you know, hand fighting, grip fighting, and stuff right. like that. And there's a very, very fine line between like pulling the head down and then giving a little bit of an extra couple inches and then like snapping the head down versus mm. like now you're clubbing the head down. Right, right, right. So naturally, your head is getting dinged around. It puts a lot of pressure on your neck, mm. right? Person shoots, you're throwing your whole weight down on the person, mm. right? And there's a lot of athleticism going on because you can't win position and keep it. In judo, mm. you could grab them and then grab the gi and then hold them there. Right? right, right. In wrestling, you could grab the wrist and the head, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that theoretically is a huge advantage. Wrist slips out, right? right. He moves, Slip and now right, it's yeah. gone, right? So it's a lot more, it's fast, a little faster, right? Yeah, and now it's it's more applicable. That kind of, uh, uh, you know, wrist slipping out, it's more applicable now that no gi stuff is getting more popular, yes. right? Yeah, so yeah, that, for sure. I guess that's another way to, uh, you know, learn wrestling. It's doing some yeah. no gi stuff, yeah. You can learn some nogi stuff, right? Yeah. So now let's just look at the flip side with a jiu-jitsu guy trying mm-hmm. to learn wrestling. Right. All right. Now all of a sudden you've done jiu-jitsu for a very long time. Now you want to learn wrestling. Mm. Okay. And they teach you a high crotch and then your neck is exposed. Right. You don't know how to de- you know, defend the guillotine from that position. Right. Right. Because you're never usually there. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't want to get guillotined, you won't put yourself there. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden when you're shooting in a high crotch, you're putting yourself there. And if you don't know how to finish instantaneously... You're going to get caught with a guillotine. Right. Right? So now you're telling your coach this, and the coach has never done jiu-jitsu before. They're not going to know the answer to that. Yeah. Right? Now, all of a sudden, okay, so another scenario. You are a jiu-jitsu guy. You want to learn wrestling. Now you're spending a ton of time wrestling, a ton Mm -hmm. of time wrestling. Right? You have X amount of time in the week because you have wife, kids, X, (laughs) Y, and Z. Yeah. Right? I get, you know, five hours a week of training. Mm -hmm. All right, five hours a week of training. Uh, now I'm supplementing that with wrestling. Ah, uh, you know, wife's not happy or husband's not <laughs> happy, right? They're like, hey, you gotta come home. You can't, you can't train ten hours a week. All right, right, fine. I'm gonna double down on this wrestling stuff because yeah. you know, I really want to compete in this jiu-jitsu tournament. Uh, right, yeah, right. So now you spend all this time wrestling. You go and you touch. You grab the the wrist, and then the person just sits down, and pulls guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, all that wrestling's useless. Right, right. So the rule sets really do matter. Right. You know what I mean? And then if you're competing in something, that's one thing because you have to design your system right. to be successful in that, that style. Set, yeah. But if you're just grappling for the sake of grappling overall health and then just loving the sport and all this side, right? Then it's like you pick and choose, pick and choose, and then right, you gain merits from all of it. Right. You know, for me it's like it's a knowledge game. It's like absorbing the knowledge, learning as much as I can because it's interesting and fun. Right. It's got, we kind of talked about it, like how, how to make it in judo and like, it's more about yes. finding your yeah. own way, what, Find what that goal own, yeah. is. And yeah, 
also if you want to compete you know you gotta be cognizant of that and all this yeah things uh you can do it when you are really you immerse yourself into one particular for the sake of that art you know instead of trying to gain the system in a way yeah if you're looking at it like is wrestling good for jiu-jitsu or is jiu-jitsu good for judo right that's sort of like at the very basic level right that's how you have to start thinking in the beginning right right but the more you get experience, the better you get. You have to look at it sort of like a Venn diagram, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the right with, with the circles, right? Venn yeah, diagram. yeah, yeah. See, Venn what diagram. are the crossovers, yeah. right? Yeah. So judo mostly standing with gi, wrestling yeah. mostly standing with no gi, mm. jiu-jitsu mostly on the ground, mm. gi and no jiu-jitsu. Gi. Yeah. So if you have those three circles, right? Like there's a lot of crossovers, and now all of a sudden it becomes a game of like, okay, what's useful where? How can I pull from this thing and put it into that thing? Right. What's more common in this grappling style that can be used over here? Mm. And now you're looking out outside of that whole spectrum and saying, now, all right, which one or what things can be used for self-defense or right. like something that might be useful, right? If you're a bouncer, mm. right? Which my, I had a really good friend. He took fourth at World Team Trials. He was an amazing wrestler, right? right? Um He's great at fi- fireman's carry. Uh-huh. He's great at that. He had a nice single. Yeah. Like he had a he's a great, great, great wrestler. Right. Like freestyle wrestler, mind you. Right, right, right. He would be bouncing and then these guys would be drawn coming into his face, yeah. like, oh yo, yo, I yeah. know who I am and all this stuff. And then, oh, I gotta kick this guy out. They'll be face to face like this. Uh, he's not shooting the firemen's. Right. He's not <laughs> shooting a sleep single. No. He would body lock them, uh. pick him up, and then take him out of the ball, right? Oh, just simply just carry him out. Yeah, yeah body lock yeah. and lifting. That's like a Greco-Roman thing. Yeah. Is he an expert at that? No. But he's right. But he's yeah. dealing with people who yeah. are unskilled, untrained. Right. right. So it's like that's a skill that is very, very useful. Right. That's probably more useful than a low single. Who's mm. gonna shoot a low single? Right. Right. Ever, if you're, you know, on the street or something. So wreck your knees. Yeah. yeah wreck your knees. You get kicked yeah. in the face. Right. So it's like. All right, where is this useful? How is this useful? How can I use this? Mm-hmm. Right? And now you're sort of like ranking all these different techniques and these grappling styles, then you're picking and choosing and developing your own thing. And le- there's always something to learn. It's just the most interesting thing. It's the way to do it is like you say, you have to increase the size of your the whole Venn diagram, I guess. Yeah. And then you do that by, you know, increasing the size of each circle. Yeah, and now all of yeah. a sudden you're going into this realm of like, all right, if I'm a baseball player, how do I use this, you know, sliding into... Yeah. Or like a soccer right. player, uh, how do I apply yeah. the soccer kick? <laughs> yep. Cool. All right, well, yeah, that's like the general idea, you know, enjoy enjoy the art, immerse yourself into each art separately for their own sake, for its own sake, and, you know, try to... Then you'll see the crossover happening and... You know, yeah. and, the, and then you integrate it more smoothly into your own system. Yeah. All right. So like front headlock yeah. position, mm-hmm. right, is a great one from wrestling, right? But the front headlock integrated mm-hmm. with some of the elements from the guillotine and stuff like this, right? Mm-hmm. That's judo's gap, front right. headlock position. Because mm-hmm. we don't really have that because neck cranks are yeah. punished right. severely yeah. in, wrestling, in judo. Right. Right. Because for safety reasons mm-hmm. and for that's for good reason. Mm-hmm. Right. But the interplay between the guillotine, the snap down from the front headlock and then throwing from the front headlock, which judo can do. Mm-hmm. Right. I, and that was one of my main things. Per- right. Person would take a bad shot and I could lock my front headlock and then throw from there. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it be like a sumi situation, a soto, even a uchi I would do. Oh, or like a okay. harai. Yeah. So like 
studying that, very useful. Very useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know you're trying to wrap it up, so. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, those things, you know, you can only get that kind of deep knowledge if you know, you know, wrestling yeah. by yourself and then judo by yourself, jiu-jitsu yep. by yourself, and then you can in, you can try to integrate all of them yeah. together. And, and All right, well, yeah, so that was a good discussion about wrestling and how mm. it relates to BJJ and judo. So any yeah. parting words? Before well, you end. Thank you guys yeah. for reaching out. I know yeah. a lot of people have been reaching out. Can you please share this podcast with your friends? Yeah. So it's worth Peter's time. <laughs> Peter's yeah. so busy now. And with then, uh, yeah, visit us at the dojo. Find us on social. Right. Yeah, things are opening up. And yeah, right. this was uh, actually uh, a, a suggestion from one of you guys. So we actually yep. do read all of them and try to integrate and talk about it in yeah. our podcast. I might not so. respond to everybody. Right. Which I sometimes I can't. I just physically can't. Yeah. But I will read them. Yeah. I'll, you know, scan through it. So yeah, we always I'll be like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. We always talk about those. So yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening and uh, yep. stay tuned for Thank the next episode. Much.